Well, let's get started. I got at least 20 minutes in this bladder. <laughs> I mean, that's way easier than holding your breath for four minutes, let's be honest. We haven't done a late night pod in a while with the beer. Late night pod. That means beer. So let's get to it. Um, welcome to This Pickleball Life, um, where tonight we have an emergency pod. That means there's beer involved and there is a battle royale. We're going to get into all the details. And I uh, just uh, am excited to get into all the, the crazy stuff. Proud to be kind of a part of the fun. And um, we're going we're gonna to cover a bit of the background of these tour wars, as they're being called, what it all means. But most importantly, why should anyone care? Yeah. And um, without further ado, it's pod two zero, and who will come out the hero? Oh, I like that. I like that. You tune in now to this pickleball life. I'm K-Dubs and Jilly is my wife. She's the pro and I've got the filler. She's sweet to me, but on the court, she's a killer. Unadulterated and efficiently bringing you the best and worst things in PB. Tell your friends and stay for another. And no one loves us more than your mother. One thing's for sure, one hit and you're addicted. Grab a pile, grab a court, don't resist it. So click subscribe, let's go, let's get cracking. Thing song done, let's go, let's get laughing. This pickleball life. To your point, what a time to be alive in pickleball. What a time to be in a 24-hour period talking to Tom Dundon and Steve Kuhn in the middle of this absolute, you know, battle royale, like you said. Totally. Do you want to uh, lay lay the the, the land, the sure. overarching uh, like description of what you call this battle? Yeah. Well, what you said off- to me yesterday. Well, first off, I'm Jilly B, a.k.a. Jill Braverman, uh, top 20 in the world pro pickleballer and recently signed to a three-year major league pickleball exclusive, yes, that's right, exclusive contract. That's true. I guess we got to add that to the welcome every week. I know. That's wild. Like, I'm an MLP player and nothing else. And I got this co-hosting job via nepotism, pure nepotism, you know, just happened to be married to that uh, three-year contract. Let's just say my decision to leave the corporate side of pickleball five months ago was uh, a good one. <laughs> I'm I'm being lauded as being far more intelligent than I am. I was like, I was just pursuing the sport that I love and that I wanted to play. I didn't think it would result in these kind of like lucrative multi-year agreements. Yeah. But it did. Uh, it's interesting you say that because I remind you, Newport Beach, MLP yeah. 2022, what did you say? I, I'll never forget. We were in the boardroom of the Hyatt by the airport in Newport Beach, and it was um, an executive meeting of Major League Pickleball. This is well over, what, year and, a, year and a couple months ago? In pickleball years, that's like eight years. I know. And I said, I think the number one thing we need to do to protect our business, because I worked for Major League Pickleball at the time, and Duper, is sign players to exclusive agreements for the team-based element. So let's just make sure that we secure everyone that we're your only team. And uh, lo and behold, the emergence of Vibe some months later kind of solidified, yeah, that would have been a good idea. And then, of course, with the emergence of Vibe emerged this merger. Um, The merger emergence? Well, yeah, exactly. And, And not just this merger of the businesses, of vibe and major league pickleball but this merger of two titans titans of industry you've got steve coon this dreamer visionary pickleball 
zealot, like plays business on like a 3D chessboard. Things like about the Willy Wonka of pickleball. He's jolly. Yeah. He's fun. He preaches the 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 players and their like livelihoods and well being. And on the other side. Yeah, and on the other side, you've got this, um, you know, Tom Dundon, hyper-rational, excellent sports business professional operator, just a robot. like Calm. Calm, yes. When the going gets tough, the tough get calm. Steve's excitable, mm -hmm. like, larger than life. So very interesting that uh, they, they both have so many positives. Yeah. They do both. And both really just seeing in a different direction. Businesses are people. Mm -hmm. Culture's top down. Mm -hmm. um, so fundamentally, if two businesses can't merge, you, you, have, you have to look at the top. You have to look at the, the personalities there. And I think my, my legacy when I left Major League Pickleball and Duper was having spent well over, I don't know, 50, 60 hours working with Tom Dundon and the PPA to create this merger, this right. MOU that did get executed, this memorandum of understanding between between the PPA and the MLP. I worked on that with uh, team owner Richie Twazen, with interim CEO Brian Levine, with, um, I guess, a former board member of MLP, Zubin Mehta. So this was all December, November of 2022. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like yesterday. We, we go back a little further, 2022 existed sans PPA players, 2023 came back together. Jill was at the heart of these conversations uh, and these contracts going into the gold card season, mm -hmm. as it will forever be known as in history. I mean, Brian Levine and I like came up with gold cards. I was like, why don't we make them like PGA tour cards? And Connor was like, I like that idea. And Brian was like, sounds good. Like, yeah. And so if you don't realize it's more than just like, I will only play PPA. They were also giving players a little bit more security, a little bit more. Okay. We'll cover your expenses. We will give you Hertz rent-a-cars, Invisalign if you want it. So it just was a, a first step or a second step, if you will, towards making the players' lives easier. And uh, if anything, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the PPA is sometimes perceived as a little too top heavy, a little too favorable to the very best. Mm. And then what do you do with the rest? And in order to make the very best have any sort of thing they're competing for, you have to make sure that you're fostering goodwill yeah. at the, the middle of the pack. I mean, right. look, I, I obviously have been a gold card holder on the PPA now for, I don't know, four or uh, five months and playing professionally, yeah, for about five, six months. And like I was only treated well at PPA. I only had good experiences with Connor. I worked really closely with the PPA in the, you know, six months, seven months ago when we were signing all, all the gold card deals. Like you can't really work with someone day in and day out for like 12 hours a day during these signings and not get to know how they operate and who they are and like, like I said, I have nothing but really good things to say about Tom and Connor and the PPA. And when I found out that the merger had collapsed, like I said, I thought that was kind of my like a big piece of my legacy, leaving the corporate world of pickleball. Like I got choked up. Like 
I, I, I fire shot like three quick text messages to Ann Worcester, who is a strategic advisor for MLP, who manages all the investor uh, owner relation, owner relations, I should say, really hard job. I mean, there's 135 owners. <laughs> um, and we work together really closely at UTR and have this history together. And she was the former CEO of the WTA, just this incredible woman. I just wrote her and was like, how could this happen? What is going on? How could you vote for this? And it wasn't until the next day that I got to talk to Steve and I got to talk to Anne and I got to learn about the why that I was like, not okay with it, but at least understood fully both sides. So just to be clear, in 2022, when you suggested this to MLP, what was their oh, response? Why Exclusive not? Contracts. Why didn't that happen? They were like, that's really anathema. <clears throat> you know, it's very, very antithetical to who we are as a business. You know, we're the freedom tour. We're the choice tour. And I think, you know, m my point back was like, well, that's fine and dandy, but how do you build a business without that certainty? Like, right. So on the flip side, they're investing millions of dollars into the players. The least they can ask for back is loyalty from a team standpoint. And that was the way I think Tom always thought about it is we're investing in our talent. We're making superstars. And <laughs> that's my business. How, how do I just like lend my business out to competitive leagues? Like I get that. I don't think that's weird. I don't really get why APP and MLP thought that was weird at the time. Right. So yeah, that's exactly what I was going to ask you is like, what was uh, Tom and the PPA's vision of why to sign contracts? And for that matter, where does the, the APP even like see themselves now? We've got two entities out of three signing contracts. And mm -hmm. uh, we'll get into this a little bit later, but um, we're, we're probably uh, getting into a place where there really aren't any players left who haven't been signed. I looked at the APP's website and there's literally two people on their featured players one man and one woman who have not been signed by I mean, either does this tour. not like literally decimate the APP? Do they just become an amateur tour? Do they just become the futures tour uh, next gen? It's even hard to fathom that they find a business model therein when MLP has minor league pickleball. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. Um, and Duper has Duper Collegiate. So it's like, and the PPA has uh, their own junior tour. So it's like, I, I honestly, I have not given that much thought to the APP and all of this. And and I I think the Dink released a a newsletter that said, here's what we think is like highly likely, most likely, somewhat likely, kind of likely. And the number one thing was most likely APP and MLP will do some type of deal. Do I you think that's going to happen? No, I, I, I don't. You know, I could be eating these words in 48, 72 hours, but um, APP supports UTR. MLP owns Duper. There's just no way I, in my okay. humble estimation. So the no way, just to play devil's advocate, sure, is this? Yeah, go ahead. APP says, okay, we need something. We need you. And we're definitely not going to collaborate with the PPA. So... PPA is going to have to give up their relationship with Duper and start working with UTR most likely. UTR flips sides, Duper flips sides, and the the PPA the, and then MLP says we're going to set up some kind of individual slash doubles events, but until we're there, we will 
lend some of our yeah. players to the APP. I think they're going to let people I, say, okay, you can play Beer City, you can play US Open, you can maybe play Nationals. Mm -hmm. Nationals is now a, a PPA, so mm -hmm. maybe not that. And then like three or four other APP events. Well, I think, yeah, I, I think that's all right. I think if I'm MLP, I'm making overt offers to purchase the APP right now. If you're MLP? Yeah, if did I PPA. say APP? Sorry. If I'm, so if, if you're I'm MLP, MLP, you're saying APP, what's I'll your buy price? I just, like, signed all just your, I just signed all your players. Your company's yeah. now, I don't know, had a devaluation of 50% in 24 hours. Like, I'll buy you. And you're probably still going to make a nice multiple on what you guys, um, you know. Have invested. Have invested in and sold, sold the majority of your business to Intersport for. Um, but, like, really, what are they even buying to be candid mm -hmm, with you? Mm -hmm. Like, they're buying maybe a tour schedule with facilities locked in for next year, but like, couldn't they just go do that themselves? Like, so what's it worth to, to have a tour infrastructure built in? How hard will it be for MLP to build a tour individual tournament infrastructure? Which is one of the questions I think you and I were going to talk about on this pod. Right. We're going to get into that in a sec, but before we answer that question, how much of the value of the APP is the pros? versus the amateurs well this is what's hard i mean app i haven't seen their books but i have to imagine the majority of their income right now frankly is being funded by the amateur events that run concurrent to the professional events i've looked pretty recently at their sponsor list and i think the deals they're doing are probably half that in terms of value of ppa or mlp if they're lucky and um so what's the what's the value of the business when the the pros leave? They've purchased all these expensive like you know TV airtime, all this coverage. That's not to that's not to distribute coverage of amateurs. It's for professionals. So if they lose all their pros starting twenty twenty four, what is valuable about that business? It's really just the the amateur revenue of these events, and they become like an event an event operator. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, obviously, both the, the PPA and the APP are based a little bit on the same system, um, but PPA has definitely seen higher viewership, and um, we will see how that all shakes out next year. So um, I, just, I just think it's funny in all of this. I feel like it's not the PPA that's taken the biggest hit. It's like APP, like we're si signing all these APP players. Like but it said. is... It is some conglomeration. And I think, um, as I said in the beginning, why does it all matter? Why should we care? A lot of people are kind of disturbed as uh, as you and I both kind of were at the initial reaction to this in the division of the game. And we always talk about unification. So what, what does that mean for the sport? Is this good think, or bad for the sport in the long I, run? I think the biggest fear is this like bifurcation of talent, um, becoming alphabet soup like tennis, that's ATP, WTA, ITF, USTA, WTN, UTR. It's literally like endless in tennis. It's, it's awful. And I think we all know that nobody wants that in pickleball. And that was the big fear is are we going to follow the defunct and completely dysfunctional tennis model? Um, or are we going to learn from the ghosts of sports past the mistakes and build something smart and if you think about the team owners involved at mlp whether it's tom brady lebron james mark lazary you know former owner of the milwaukee bucks um 
you've just got these like incredible minds, these business minds, these sports league minds that are hell-bent on building the infrastructure of pickleball, especially the team league component, the right way from the ground up. And then you've got Tom Dundon on the PPA side, modeling it after tennis, which I don't agree with, but that's another story for another time. But point is, he's a brilliant operator who is a single owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, which is really rare to be a single owner of an NHL team. Mm-hmm. My point is, he knows exactly what he's doing. So we're I, I don't think we're in the position of tennis because we don't have these like governing bodies building the future of the sport. Like think about how quiet USA Pickleball is right now. We have these brilliant minds building the sport. So even though those brilliant minds are competing and there is a, fa- a bifurcation, at least it's this like, still by very intelligent design from both sides. So I think my my sorrow, right, like when I heard about this was quickly replaced, obviously, by like joy that I signed this contract, but also now like acceptance that competition is good. Okay, competition is really good. And when this PPA, is America, it's America. It's capitalism and, and, and at P, its best. And when PPA was doing really well, and they brought in the video boards, and they were signing these huge sponsor deals, what do you think that how do you think that impacts MLP? Like, it raises the level of everything MLP does, who benefits fans, who benefits players. Mm-hmm. Like this, I I do think is ultimately good. And I'm going to quote Tom Dundon directly here when I spoke with him three nights ago. We're going to end up in the exact same place, but it's going to take a hell of a lot more money and more time. And I do believe that. And where which do you is a merger. think time which is a merger. Be, I do like think that's going to happen. A full year and a half from now? If not longer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So most uh, of the consensus has been that MLP is leader in the clubhouse, so to speak. But yeah. it hasn't all been a, a loss for the PPA. They've definitely grabbed a lot of the top players as expected, the players that they have announced were a lot of the players that were previously under contract in 2022. They have uh, 12 men and 11 women who are on MLP teams currently, uh, 16 total premier players. So do you think there will be a redraft before Atlanta or will we see these players playing in Atlanta? You know, it's so funny doing these podcasts. Like, do you eat your own words in 48 hours? Do you it's get... the beauty of it. No penalties. You, you know, Just you, let it fly. Do you get criticized <laughs> for throwing an idea out and having it be totally wrong? So far, I've been like an oracle, self-proclaimed. But um, no, I, I think I think I've... There's very little that I have not seen that I've... That, I'm sorry. There's very little that I have thought would happen that hasn't come to happen. Except, of course, this total devolution of the entire industry. But other than that one blind spot, <laughs> um, I would say that I, I do not see a universe where there is not a redraft. I don't see a universe where, you know, I'm wearing my my New York Hustlers jersey on purpose here and so are you because I'm worried I'm not going to be wearing that jersey in three weeks. You know, why would Tom Dundon give his players to MLP after what just transpired so he can what enable his top competitors business for three more months out of the goodness of his heart and this notion that the players are contractually bound i is is a notion with which i i do not agree based on the reading of my own agreement and of course i cannot discuss the terms of my agreements any of them uh, i can share however my personal opinion that 
players are not obligated. So if the players are not obligated to play, can the PPA stop them from playing or could they play if they wanted to? It's a great question. So that would depend on what new agreements the players signed with the PPA. From my understanding, they have signed LOIs, letters of intent. They have not actually signed contracts. I have signed a a binding agreement with Major League Pickleball. So I think it will come down to what the PPA asks the players to sign. And did did Julian and Deckel and Lauren and these other players do a good enough job of when they negotiated saying, okay, I'll come over, but you have to let me play MLP. Just if one of them were able to negotiate that point, there would be precedent to allow all of them. Mm. I'm not sure if they had the foresight to like kind of interchange or mingle those two um, <clears throat> disparate concepts. Yeah, that um, seems like in a world of kind of appearances and previous agreements, I can see a world where they they just say, okay, like we're all we're all in this twenty twenty three thing together. Let's see it out. But I could definitely uh, see a world where they're like, why would we be nice? If we can do anything to stop you, we're going to stop I, I you. I phrased it to my general manager today because well, we were booking practice courts for Major League Pickleball, which is strange. It's like Rome's burning and we're booking practice courts, but uh, that's neither here nor there. And so I was talking to my GM and I said, uh, um, I said, uh, do you think there's any way like there's not going to be a, a redraft? Do you think there's any way if you were in the PPA's position that you would allow your newly signed players to play MLP? And he was like, yeah, n- no way. No way I'd let my signed players. Like, put yourself in their position. Mm-hmm. In, in, in PPA's position, I mean. Yeah, it's definitely something you would, uh, you would think. And, and that was my initial reaction was like, I mean, it's been fun. It's been swell. We got two New York Hustlers t-shirts, but yeah, like, love my t-shirt. How how would the owners even be okay with like substituting Ben Johns, let alone well, I think fifteen why, other players, and just like moving on with their lives? No, I think Ben Johns for White Stone is a very fair trade. That makes sense. Okay, yeah, just on record. Yeah, let totally, it be known. Totally makes sense. Ruck Solar Packs. Do you have someone in your life who's impossible to shop for? The Ruck Solar Pack is definitely our favorite pickleball bag. It's also sleek, fits your laptop, your paddles, and it has a solar panel to charge all the devices. Like, a solar panel? Like, how cool who is comes that? up with that? That is the coolest idea ever. It literally charges your devices from the solar pack while you're playing pickleball. I mean, does it get better than that? You can visit ruckpack.com. That's R-U-K-P-A-C-K.com. You can use code JillyB for 15% off your next order. R-U-K-P-A-C-K.com. And use code JillyB for 15% off on your next order. If this happens that, you know, there's a redraft or uh, Atlanta has to be rejiggered. Rejiggered in capacity. (laughs) What, where does that leave the, the teams that came from Vibe um, that will now most likely be That's a great question. no longer part of MLP? Because, correct me <clears throat> if I'm wrong, but MLP wouldn't 
receive the funds yeah. from the purchases of those teams until the merger had completed, which it didn't. Right. So, so part of the original merger between the entities, and this is public knowledge, is that uh, Vibe would acquire, you know, Vibe's uh, Vibe is its own entity, and it would acquire twenty percent of uh, uh, the peop- I'm sorry, of MLP, and part of that included four teams to, you know, Dundon Capital. And that's Cuban, where I played, Dallas. And then there's Arizona Drive. Mary there's Fitzgerald. the Seattle Pioneers. Yep. And then there's a fourth team. Seattle, for, Utah. For oh, Utah. Thank you. Utah Utah's Black Connor Diamonds. Utah's Connor and, and So, Dirk, yeah. So, Dirk again, Dirk. the basic construct of the deal was, okay, you get – you know, we dissolve Vibe now. Uh, now you guys own twenty percent of MLP, and you get these four teams. So that was the construct of the deal. And because that merger didn't close, I don't think those teams paid. Right? That would make sense. I mean, to right. me, this is conjecture. Um, which means the best thing for MLP would be if they literally just kind of washed their hands, walked away. Because think about the valuations that have occurred in just the past. Four, five, six months for Major League Pickleball. Yeah, Frisco Pandas, $10 million mm-hmm. with Dude Perfect. And um, you can almost imagine that my, my other uh, pontification was the te- those four teams are all in the top 12. So they're all in a position to move into 2024 starting as a premier team. So those teams should go at a premium price because you can't not inherit the points that they have yeah. earned, right? Then you're doing a disservice to the other 20 teams who have tried to do their best to compete um, for points throughout the first half of the year. So I don't think anyone wants to see that go away. So it'll be interesting to see if those go for 15 million, 17 million, 12 million. Yeah. If or some other rate go at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, when uh, we get to 2024, um, I don't know. I guess if PPA really wanted to mess with MLP, they'd buy the teams. <laughs> they'd stay in. I, I know. I was wondering uh, if that's yeah. even contractually like possible. A position that MLP could reject because obviously there are a ton of know. people who have been banging down the door of MLP to try and buy a team. So it's funny. Can they say no if Mark Cuban was like, "Okay, I, I'm in." Well, it's a funny here's, thought, right? Yeah. Here's my original agreement for whatever that was, which is <laughs> certainly less than ten million. Oh. Um, and then turn around and resell it just to to do that. Um, but going into 2024, um, what do you think is the viability of Vibe pulling out a team league versus the viability of MLP? Doing the opposite and creating a tour. The team league thing is so darn hard. I mean, like Steve said on the kitchen conversation uh, the other night, is like it's so much easier said than done. There's a lot of complexities that go into. First off, it's a it's a different business, right? Like literally, it's a different legal entity. If you're doing a single entity league, you're you, you need to start something new because you're selling a percentage of that business to each of the team owners. So it's not just like it's PPA, it's it's Vibe, it's this new entity. Um, you need an owner relations, full-time individual with, you know, large cojones, a lot of chutzpah, <laughs> a lot of know-how. I don't know if Connor's gonna be too spread thin to manage the egos, even if it's just four, five, six, seven, eight teams. Like 
that's still a lot of work. Even like mm-hmm. if it's only four to eight individuals, even if you don't have multiple owners per team, it's it's a tremendous amount of work when all of these individuals have opinions and they have yeah. they're exacting, they're meticulous, like they want it run like a real professional sports league. So I think in some ways that will be more of an uphill battle for PPA despite they, them having like a much larger staff and event operations team than MLP. Um, and then as far as MLP creating a tour um, with this individual component, um, I think there will be trials and tribulations therein. I do not think that will be as hard as creating the team league concept. Do you think MLP will keep rally scoring and like kind of throw wild innovative ideas at this or are they just gonna carbon copy and be like hey anyone can do that i can't speak for steve coon but i have to imagine that was one of his frustrations trying to work with the ppa trying to work with tom was that they were not as um, quick to accept his like very clear vision for the future of the sport being rally scoring whether it's whether it's rally whether it's implementing a shot a shot clock because no one watched wants to watch the johns have ben, ben and colin johns have a hundred and you know, 14 shot rally with Mm -hmm. 107 dinks, like nobody wants to watch that. So I think Steve's always thinking about, you know, where the ball is going in the sport and probably found some frustrations that Tom and Connor couldn't move that fast or didn't want to. Can singles be saved? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a huge component of MLP. Think about it. All the dream breakers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to see a version of singles that brought some people back to the yard. Well, I mean, I mean, singles uh, singles is like, I'm definitely better at singles than I am at doubles, which doesn't mean my doubles isn't good. It just means like, I can play singles. <laughs> like, um, and I find it painful. Chinese water torture to watch it. Because you're stuck at zero, zero the whole time. It's like yeah. side out, side out, yeah, side out, side out, side, side out, side out, side out, side out. Save singles. Like, help. Someone needs to help singles. Turn it to rally scoring. It's painful. Yeah. I mean, it's painful to ironic. Play painful to all these things they're attached to with tennis. Tennis still has rally scoring. Basically. Um, obviously, a kind of a, a different uh, effect of it, but, but still. Um, so that definitely brings me to one thing I wanted to mention, which was just this random uh, clear tennis enthusiast who commented on uh, Tina Pisnik's announcement for the PPA being signed. And it made me wonder if this will be true or if other people feel this way. But he said, um, this is from Christian Studer Tennis. For the very committed and active tennis players, this is a warning. I hear from more and more and more resources that pickleball, he wrote it as two words, will one day soon completely take over tennis, more money, easier career opportunities than the extreme expensive tennis industry. We will literally see a lot, a lot of tennis facilities and community tennis parks parks taken away and replaced with loud, nasty pickleball, now he did it hyphenated, courts. Also, a lot of tennis pros will retire, I think he meant retire, and switch to pickleball, two words again, ask Jack Sock why he mm-hmm. is not coming back. Will this mark the day? All of the 200 plus or 500 plus ranked tennis players in the oh, world switch this. to the fun sport. Let me ask you this. If you're ranked 200 in the world right now in tennis, which by the way is really truly 
the amazing world. You, and amazing like you have to compete against all the seven Eastern. billion people and yep. you're 200 and anything that's like 0.001 percent mm -hmm. i'm mm -hmm. not doing the math mm -hmm. so you're ranked 200 in the world in tennis you are more likely than not burning purging money you're traveling you have to Just travel with you have to travel with a coach Okay, it's not like me when I went and saw Dan Radini the other day and he taught me how to hit a forehand dink correctly, like I've been doing it, I've been doing it my own way. And he's like, I think it'll be easier if you do it this way. You know, I pay him his hourly fee and I leave. Like, we're not yeah. talking that. Like, you've yeah. got a coach. They're getting a cut. They're right. they're on retainer. Right. You've got, um, you're traveling to absolute BFE, like awful places. You're And even if they're nice places, they're far flung places. You're fighting for every win. You're fighting injury every second of your life. It is, it is brutal. You're away from your friends. You're away from your family. It is truly individual. You don't have a partner because doubles isn't, isn't really popular. It's all about singles. It is such – my sister was a professional. You know that. I don't know if others do, my oldest. Um, and I know firsthand just what an awful life it is. And she was number one, number one in the United States at age 15 and 18 and under, traveled with the U.S. national team, and she couldn't make it pro. Yeah. So my point is, yeah, if you're 200 in the world in tennis, barely making ends meet, and now we're signing $200,000, $300,000 pickleball contracts for players ranked, you know, 15 to 30 in the world, like, of course, you're going to want to make that change. I think it might be a little late for that. I think, I don't know how many of these contracts are going to be up for grabs in 12 months. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought last year, okay, these pros are seeing these crazy numbers. Next year, it'll go back to like, okay, you're all on lockdown. We don't need to pay you so much. And it went the exact opposite way. It went through the roof, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if we can talk about the average contract size last year. You were probably too involved to to mention but let's just say it was way the less. appearance fees the appearance fees are publicized on the pga okay. website so if you were to pontificate publicized on the, the average gold card holders agreement that median was probably what uh low end thousand dollars to appear you know high end times 22 events high end six seven thousand um so f five figures not six for most players for appearance fees, not prize money. These are right. literally just things right. for showing up. And then you'd have, yeah, your Hertz rental car covered. Um, you'd keep your expenses pretty right. low. But point being, we're seeing things doubled. Oh, my God. No. And tripled I mean, not, not and doubled. quadrupled. Yeah. And more. Now we're into the seven. More figures. and so, guaranteed. Guaranteed. Again, could. Like Steve this Kuhn. When I, when keep I was going talking that to Steve Kuhn, he said, you know, you should – I own a – we own a house already. But he said, you know, we're, we're going to develop something where – players have a real quality of life it's, it's it's a pay stub you know you can go yeah. buy a house you can yeah. show this to a bank this is like a regular that's, paycheck that's important. you have a job it's important to steve quality of life for the players is, is something he cares deeply about mm -hmm. absolutely so do you think it will continue to go up because we didn't see that's it going this way sure is it gonna that's go one question i would answer because i i'm not gonna answer that question because if you would have asked me five months ago i would say oh my god the players no are getting spoiled yeah. right now there's there's no way um it would go up and look what it did it you know quadrupled i um i want to say one more thing i i have a friend who's president of a fortune 100 company they sponsor ml uh, they sponsor the ppa 
And she called me yesterday and said, I saw you signed with MLP. What's going on? Tell me everything. You know, we're obviously working with the PPA. But, you know, I went and watched you at MLP. And, oh, my God, I was on the edge of my seat. The fans were holding their breath. Everyone was going nuts. I was, like, riveted. And then I went to a PPA, and it was like, oh, like, this feels like tennis. It's like, you know. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting because she's, A, a brilliant businesswoman, and B, I just love those, like, fresh takes and perspectives. So, you know, that's not me trying to say I think one entity is going to win or one entity is going to lose. I just found it fascinating. And when one of, one of our very first podcasts, we were going to talk about the existential crisis facing the sport is, is it going to be team-based or is it going to follow tennis and be individual? And I did not think both would live. Live? Was that a slip of the tongue? Pun intended. <laughs> so yeah, if you don't know, Live Tour is team-based golf. But what's interesting with golf is they can simultaneously exist in the same event, right? Like what I did in college, I'm just playing golf myself, hitting every ball myself, and then they count our scores back up. In uh, in pickleball, you really have to kind of be one or the other. Um, but so, like you watch the players play MLP and they're so full of joy. Totally. Even when they're losing. And then like I've played all these PPA events this year and I don't I don't see that same joy from the players. And I, I think that trying to build a business following defunct tennis as a model is not a good idea. It just isn't. Yeah. So Tennis is, tennis is the past. It's not so the future. I, I come back to, you know, people like to make a, a big kind of point of, well, if the majority of the top 10 – in uh in pickleball are playing on one place that's not the pp not the not mlp if mlp has you know three out of the top 10 and then a bunch of the 10 through 20 do the consumers notice like what are you seeing what are we doing here this is a sport sport is entertainment entertainment has dollars behind it because people watch it because sponsors know people are watching it and there are eyeballs eyeballs equal money Mm -hmm. what do those eyeballs want to see and as you said earlier do they really want to see the best men's doubles team in the world hit 104 dinks out of 140 shot rally is that really what people want to see or do they want to see meaningful games and meaningful uh, points, highlights, fast hands? They want to see Tyson chugging a beer with fans at the end of the match. Yes. Mullets and see... tattoos. Let's go. It's true. No, it's true. And I think you asked me a really interesting question today. You went, who did the PPA really miss out on? I'm sorry. Who did MLP really miss out on that the PPA signed from like a personality, fan engagement, branding perspective? And like, kind of took me a long time to answer I was like I guess um these two women like I guess maybe this Callie and Lucy and Anna Lee I thought Anna Lee obviously and Anna Lee um I feel like Anna Lee's more fun to watch than Ben Johns so of course obviously women's doubles is more known for fast hands and firefights than men's doubles perspective, from a guy perspective um I think I could only think of one guy. Like, I don't think pickleball is, like, balletic enough yet, like tennis, where people just have this deep appreciation for watching it. So Mm -hmm. if you don't have that, you better have some fucking personalities. 
Yeah. That, that might be the first time I've ever cussed on the pod. I know. I think since the first pod, we, we've gone clean. But, we've but brought it back to. out. Is it the night time in? Night time in pod. Um, so, yeah, I, I think 2022 MLP proved that there's a product there. I mean, 2022 was a year without all the PPA sign pros, and it was the year we brought in, what, 16 new team owners? I think they went from 12 to uh, 8 to 12, 12 to 24, so 12 new mm -hmm. team owners mm -hmm. at least. So. 12. Obviously, that wasn't slowing that down. It didn't slow down the sponsors. Um, so I, I really don't think it's necessary to have them all. Um, I know. But we will find out. Um, I, uh, I am interested to see all these tennis pros that the PPA <laughs> signed. So we've seen, obviously, Tina Pisnik playing all year. We saw Jack Sock win a gold medal with, with Annalie. Annalie Waters. I think, a, I think a rock is like cheating, kind of like medal with Annalie. Matt, Matt Wright winning with Ben doesn't really count as like an exception to his Riley whatever split up. But um, what what are these uh, tennis pros going to look like? These uh, um, kind of we haven't seen before, but we know they were good at tennis. So I don't know if you have an opinion, but. I, I think keep emulating tennis, keep signing tennis players, keep focusing on tennis, and that'll be a sure way to kill any business. Yeah. I mean, 100%. Like, it's just, it's not what the viewers want. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at the number one sports in the world. Football and football. <laughs> football. And soccer and football. <laughs> Team. People love it. Um, so we uh, we're we're seeing uh, a a 2024 with some alterations. Are you okay uh, going over a little bit of what the 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 yeah. New yeah, world my, MLP will look like? I, I think you might know even better than me, but my understanding it's free agency, so there's no more draft. That's what they're saying anyway. Um, they which be means what? Well, it means um, you know you're free to move about the cabin. Seriously, you're, you're, you're free to um, find a team that you want to be on and have that team find you. And I don't think there's any pressure to move to that geographic location in 2024. But the the path that the league does want to go down is like, yeah, there's, there's home team. There's a home facility. You've got home and away matches. Like you are living there at least, you know, eight, ten weeks out of the year. I think that's really, really cool. Yeah. I think that's super cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the, the the greatest thing to come out of this might be the the new courts that will certainly be built to make these and, facilities and, and to be yeah. like, I play at the Hustlers home base. Well, I, I play where the Milwaukee team is. You Mashers, know. Yeah. I think that this notion that oh well, MLP is going to dilute its product with all with you know an increase in events is probably the dumbest argument. I could ever imagine like does the nba dilute their product with preseason games and with games on sunday night and monday night and having home and away and like a full season that leads to uh the playoffs the conference championships to the super bowl like yeah, are we are we sitting that... there like oh the nfl products diluted no <laughs> Totally. We were talking last week about like, what is a major and does any pickleball event feel any different than the other, regardless of how many points they're given. And now we're, we're probably going to really see uh, a, a push towards that next year because there will be the 
major league majors and the major league friendlies yeah. and, and, and small events. and Yeah, and, and a sophisticated pathway system where you've got these duper collegiate events that lead into minor league pickleball, that lead into major league pickleball, like a really clear pathway that tennis has lacked fundamentally forever because collegiate tennis has been a dead end and it's been 67% uh, scholarships given to international students. It's mm -hmm. it's really been something where there's no advancement past that and we have an opportunity to create like an integrated pathway and system for uh, all pickleball players. And that's really, really cool. And and MLP is is pursuing that actively. Yeah, so it's, it's going to look a lot more like NBA and NFL um, where there's partially... Uh, retaining your players and you may drop one yeah. and have an eligible shuffle draft maybe every couple of events or every couple months. Um, and they're probably going to have like salary um, right. min maxes um, so that no team can just go straight up Yankees right. and say like, okay, I want the four best players in the league and everyone else can pick from the rest. There will still be some equity in that sense right? Um, to retain some fairness. Um, but I it'll be is, exciting. Which I think and is great and it's where the owners wanted to go from what I understand. Again, the product. What's the product? It's entertainment. It's interest. It's significance. It's, oh my gosh, who's going to get dropped? Who's yeah. going to get traded? Yeah. That makes me pay more attention just the <clears throat> way betting makes people pay more attention so um we're still going to have a lot of fun stuff to to follow um but yeah if if people didn't realize uh it's it's uh it's uh the nfl merged in 1970 wow combining their two leagues the nfc and the afc into two conferences that meet in the super bowl so um who knows we might start to see like an east coast west coast yeah. or some kind of fun conferences uh, i'm excited to see um but we don't need to get too into uh the details of of how other drafts work but i'm sure there are a lot of enthusiasts out there who uh who know way more than i do about uh uh the way that teams acquire new players but i do think this is for me a positive in the sense of inspiring the talent to come yeah and a hundred percent once these people know whether this is a d1 d3 or a struggling top 500 tennis pro that hey there's a world out there where i have fun playing a fun sport and i know i'll make at least six figures let's just put my eggs in that basket any other uh final thoughts for you no it was a quick emergency pod um I hope that our viewers found these rather intimate insights useful. And we'll see if uh, we as oracles are proven totally, totally wrong very soon or somewhat or totally right. But um, yeah, drop in the comments what you guys think of these uh, tour wars and the chaos in the industry. It's a fascinating time to be alive and to be in love with pickleball. So with that, I think we... We have our sign off. Pickleball is joy. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Thanks for listening. This Pickleball Life is a Tomahawk production. 100% organic, self-made, and homegrown. Music by K-Dubs. Editing by K-Dubs and Jilly B. Check out pbgods.com and use code PBLIFERS for 10% off your next order. Do you have a question for Jilly B? Email us at thispblife at gmail.com to be included in future episodes. Don't forget to click subscribe. This Pickleball Life.